the way I think about things is I try, I'm conceptual, I can figure it out in my mind, and then I hope I can get there with whatever I tend to use. And so that's why I loved ortho, because you would think about it, you would do it, and the cool thing is in six weeks you'd see the patient either worked or didn't work, and you would change your mind and make it work. So the anterior open bites is kind of the same thing. Yay. A little more about my background. I'm panky true and true because I'm also now sure of the, the foundation. It has made the most incredible um, difference in my life. My husband and I have practiced together. Now we have a daughter um, in practice with us. And last year, she bought the practice with her partner. So I'm now an employee. So that's very cool. And the other th couple things is, like I said, sharing the foundation of Panky because it made such an incredible difference, not in, just in our dental life and our personal life. You know, I still have a husband of now, next year will be 35 years, and best friend, still, we work together, we live together, all good, we drive to work together, we did, when we worked more days. Um, so that's, and we have three kids that have done well and a daughter that wants to practice with us. So that's, that's and that's not, that's, someone calling us on the card saying, okay, how do you balance your life? With work, love, play, and worship. And that's the philosophy. And if you can figure out how to balance your life, life will be pretty good. And the last thing I just want to highlight, and it's not because I got in as a member of the Restorative Academy, it's because my topic was orthodontics. It, it's, uh, you know, the Restorative Academy, you have to die. Someone has to, I don't have to die. Someone has to die for you to get in. It's a very old, old network. And they, their topics are all restorative dentistry. And someone invited me. They had seen my ortho and restorative and said, we want you to present. So I was just thrilled, and then I got it. So that was a cool thing. This is my dental family. So that's my husband, our daughter on the right, and that's Charlie Ward, who is our daughter's partner, who has no relation to me. He walked up to me his junior year of dental school. I volunteered at the dental school on Mondays. And he said, hey, my dentist said I need to learn from you. I'm like, okay, so who's your dentist and how does anybody know I'm here? Literally, I run a mission project through the dental school and I'm there three hours a week. Well, the dean ran a full-page ad, needed a token female, put my picture up there, and another dentist. And the, his dentist um, was in our very first Panky study club. So he said, you need to learn from her. So he kept, like, following me around. And I don't, because I only see him for three hours a week. I hate to say I don't get to know him all well. I triage patients and from the mission and then they take care of them. So finally I looked at him like, Ward, really? And so the good news is his dentist, he was supposed to go in with him, chose another dentist classmate. Because the good news is then he got to come in with us. So he's now our daughter's partner. Okay. And I was talking about this lunch. He's in Hawaii. When you all got out, did you get to go Hawaii your first, you know? So he's been, this year, he's been to India, Saudi Arabia and Hawaii. That's because he walked into a practice that was all set up. So it's, but you know what? It's great for us and it's great for our daughter. But they both work four days a week. I still think we did something wrong. <laughs> but it's, it's really nice. So topic today, closing anterior open bites. So the first thing I want you to figure out is how did it happen? You know, you've got to understand how the open bite got there before you treat it. So there are different ways. Habits, you know, with, with the kids and pacifiers and thumbs. Genetics, you know, look at their, if you have an anterior bite, look at the mother, look at the father, see if it was corrected. The other thing I added at the end is sleep apnea. 
because a lot of times the anterior open bite could be due to sleep apnea, tongue position. So if, if they have sleep apnea and you close the bite and it's opened up because of their tongue, you're going to lose. TMJ breakdown. I'm going to spend a lot of time on this um, because I don't want you to get in trouble. If you try to intrude posterior teeth and you don't have stable joints, you're going to get in trouble. And we'll go through the process and I'll show you that. So the treatment of anterior open bites, you have several. Traditional orthodontics, which has not been overly successful. It's very difficult. So traditional orthodontics is great at extruding teeth, but it's not good at intruding teeth. Invisalign, orthodontic surgery, which we know is really successful. I will tell you right now, I'm a surgical phobia. I don't like the idea of having surgery. Would you want someone to cut your jaws? So I've always tried to figure out a way to avoid it. And then I'm going to introduce something. Are you familiar with Wilkodonics or periodontally assisted osteoorthodontics? Yes, no, some? Well, I'll see. Yeah, good. So I used to do a lot of that. Um, and actually how I got involved is our periodontist came to me and said, I want you to do my ortho. And I want to do this process. And I'm like, I hate surgery. He says, it's okay. I'm going to take you up there. I'll pay your way. We went to wherever they are in Pennsylvania, took the course. He said, if you walk away and you don't want to do it, it's fine. I walked away and I thought, cool, what it is, and I'll go into more detail later, you treat the bone and the teeth move like wildfire. So with traditional ortho, it normally it would take me two years, it would take me six to nine months. So it was really popular when we were doing brackets, but when Invisalign came along, it's so uneventful compared to traditional ortho. People were okay with having aligners, they didn't care it took longer, so we just kind of stopped doing it for a while. And then we started back up again. In the last case, I'll show you that. So with traditional orthodontics, one of the things, when you want intrusion, what do you get? Unwanted extrusion. So it's really, really hard to control forces. There are a ton of things I like about Invisalign, but the biggest thing is you can control forces. You can tell, you can isolate a quadrant to get something else to move. And so that's been really, really helpful. So what's my point? Traditional orthodontics may not be the best solution. And this is Dr. Boyd. He's, if you get on the Invisalign um, website, he's got a lot of things in uh, the educational section of it. Look up his stuff. It's really, really good. But he heads up ortho at um, University of Pacific. So he's very knowledgeable and has a lot of credibility. And what he says with Invisalign, he finds there's a, much more success than with traditional orthodontics. So, what I'd like you to do is think outside the box. That's what I always do is think outside the box. Because I can, like I said, I can visualize what's supposed to happen, and then I try to figure out how to get there. So this is a, um, these photographs are of teeth, but they're from a uh, young lab technician, Josh Polanski, who's in New Jersey. And he, you know, who would have thought of photographing teeth like this? Or like this? So we have these big in the office, which is, I just think they're really cool. He thought outside the box with photography to came up with something really cool. So why is anterior guidance so important? It helps protect the posterior teeth. If, and in these cases, you'll see one or two teeth start breaking down and need endo. And it's like we have this vicious cycle in dentistry. If we don't have proper anterior guidance, we keep breaking teeth. 
and then we keep breaking teeth. And then the, even if you do great restorative dentistry, what I found was sometimes things would rock loose because they didn't have proper anterior guidance. So I just thought this was a great little movie. And this is what you're looking at when you have anterior open bites. Those posterior teeth are working all the time. And you get fractures. And then if you have restorative, then you start to get more fractures. So ways to correct anterior open bites, surgery, and what does surgery do? You section the mandible, you intrude the teeth, you get auto-rotation, you get the anterior teeth to touch. Um, intrusion, what I found, most of these cases I'm going to show you, I was working on since the last, even before the last um, summit, it, they took a lot of time. They took two to three years. And that's because we didn't have buttons and elastics. All I was doing was intruding the posterior. I didn't have, as you know, it's really hard to do absolute extrusion of anterior teeth with plastic. You know, you can put the attachments on, but it, it makes it really difficult. Um, since the, they came out with buttons and elastics, it's like, that is so wonderful. Um, and then with the extrusion, there's two types, relative and absolute. So the relative, when you think about that, it's like those shutters in old houses that the, you raise them up and then you close them down. It's the same length, but when you raise them up, you have space. So if, you're do, if you, the teeth are open like that and you bring them back down, you're going to get relative extrusion. You're not physically pulling things out of the bone, you're just closing things down. So here's the orthognathic. My surgeon is Dr. Ed Zivovitz incredible surgeon. So what I'm recommending these days, one of the things we, as we were talking about sleep apnea, look at the airway here and look at the airway here. So this person was apneic, so there were multiple reasons to have orthognathic surgery. He got 11 millimeters of increased space for breathing. So it was pretty amazing. But also, but look what he did. I don't know about you, but ouch. <laughs> I'm not... And he gets great results. So here's the, the two um, types of extrusion, the relative and just also just the shutters and pulling things down. And it's hard to pull down. Yes, with the new attachments, it's a little bit better, but it's still difficult. So you have the options, extrusion, intrusion, and then the PAO. It started out as Wilkodonics. There are two brothers from Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania. Remember the name. Um, but the periodontist kind of took it over and called it periodontally-assisted osteogenic orthodontics. You know, they have to make it sound better. But it decreases the time. I put down here 50%. In the last case, I'll show you, it's a third the time. It's pretty, really cool. So what I do is I intrude the posterior segments, and I call it flying jaws, because it was all the software that... that Invisalign has is it can just show teeth moving. It can't, it's not on a hinge, you know, it's not a mandible, it can't show closing down. So when I talk to patients about it, I say your, your teeth will always touch. They're just continually going to touch in a different manner. And when I talk to um, the technician, I said, you know, and you've got to figure out. So if there's a, lo if there's a lot of super eruption, cur increased curve of speed on the lower arch, you're going to intrude the posterior teeth. You have to look at it and you have to figure out which, which you're going to intrude, the upper or the lower arch or both. And then you just explain that to your 
technician, they'll think you're a little crazy. But one of the things to always remember, you're the doctor. And so they're relying on you to tell them what to do. And so the flip side is, is when you see things you know cannot happen, you have to say, no, you can't move that first mol you know, the second molar into the first molar space on the lower arch. The software can move teeth anyway, any place, any time. When we teach, um, we have a couple courses at Panky that we've taught, and we brought up the, the group from Costa Rica, and Jason Ramos has this really cool video. He takes all the teeth, he turns them into a soccer player, and he kicks a ball. You can make the teeth go anywhere with the software, but that's not going to happen in the mouth. So you're the doctor, and you've got to figure out what, what you need and ask them to do it. And then, like I said, if you see, I still see some things that, no, you can't do that. So I'll email back and say, okay, that's not possible. You know, what I want to do is operate that molar or whatever. But just remember that. So with TADS, this actually is from an orthodontist from Bucharest, Romania. We were there um, three weeks ago, actually teaching um, Romanian dentists about splint therapy and also doing some, some volunteer work in dentistry. And there was an orthodontist in the group. And over there, they can't do Invisalign because they could. They can't afford it. The case at the dental school is $1,500 for a full case of ortho. An ortho uh, general dentist in Bucharest who's making a great living makes $2,000 a month. And the ones that were out of school for um, two years, they make, I think, $400 a month. So needless to say, they don't have the economics to do this. But they have the knowledge. And the stuff they're doing at the dental school is pretty cool. So they use lots and lots of tads and creative ways to move teeth. They do traditional ortho. So with the invention of buttons and elastics, on these, this is just a picture. These cases, I, had, I didn't do. This is for, if you had a crossbite of the molars, you would need to use this to, to correct the crossbite. But just to show the buttons and elastics. And one of the things to remember when you use these buttons, polish off the gingival margin just a little bit. Round it off because it's like a razor blade. And a patient came in just last week, and I just took a uh, wheel and polished it off. She's like, oh, that's so great. And so now I'll polish them off before I put them in. But I love the buttons. So this is what a picture of the um, PAO. People think, oh, corticotomy, you're sectioning the teeth. This is under magnification. So basically what you're doing is leaves all the gingival margin except where he's going to do connective tissue grafts, just perforating the bone to make it bleed. And I've got a movie later on that will show you more about this. So we're going to review five cases. So, Dolly with a ha habit that caused the anterior open bite. The next three are TMJ. And the last one's going to be one we just did. And so I'm very excited about it. So, this is Dolly. So, what do you know about Dolly when you see her lower incisors? Have they ever touched? They've never touched. So this was a habit. She was a thumb sucker. She's 61. Um, those teeth never touched. But her concerns were her anterior teeth were getting more crowded. She wanted a better looking smile. And her tissue around her centrals was always causing her a problem. So look at the tissue. Look at that. And when you look at the occlusal view, look at that. 
really spend some time looking at things because sometimes, I mean, you could easily have let that blow past you, but her home care is, is impeccable, but she always has like an irritation up there, and she feels like her teeth are just continuing to move. Teeth will move unless you stop them, which is also a reason uh, why you need Vivera retainers or retention, because teeth will always move no matter how great the occlusion is. And I actually had a friend at Panky, we were in a golf cart, and I said, you know, I get so frustrated. I make this occlusion so perfect. I equilibrate. Everything's good. And they come in a couple years later, and things have moved. And she said, Nancy, what part of your body does not head south with age? And what makes you think you can put it someplace and have it stay? And I'm like, cool. All right, that, I got off the hook for that one. So this is hers. Pretty straightforward. What I'd like you to do is, when you're thinking about closing anterior bites, start with the easy cases. It was mostly expansion. It was relative um, extrusion. And this is how she ended up. Look at her tissue. It was pretty, uh, pretty cool. And a very easy case. Now, she, a, a general dentist referred her to me, and then she goes back and she can have the rest of her restorative done. But, you know, it, because her anterior teeth, she had very little decay. She just kept cracking teeth over time. So this is Sarah. Now Sarah has been a patient of ours for a really long time and very little economics to support it, um, any dentistry. So we put her in a bite splint and kind of left it at that. But she got to the point where she just felt like it was really hard to chew. And so I wanted to send her to the oral surgeon, and she's like, I can't afford to go to the oral surgeon. What can you do? And again, minimal contact. Most of these people, they're having trouble chewing. And she had past TMJ problems, but had, was very stable now. And normally on cases like this, if I suspect past problems with TMJ, I'll send him to get a CT scan from the oral surgeon. And I kind of want his blessing saying, yes, it's old damage. Go for it. You can move the teeth. Because there's, if there's any cysts in the condyles, you can have a condyle break in the middle of treatment and ask me how I know. And it wasn't with Invisalign, it was with traditional orthodontics. I had two cases. One, he was set up to have orthodontic surgery because he had um, a cyst in his maxilla and, and the oral surgeon said, hey, you, he had an anterior open bite, he said, hey, you want me to help you out? I'll do a little fort, close you down, and take the cyst down. I'm like, oh, good. So I moved and aligned his teeth before the surgery and he came in one day and he said, I wasn't that crooked to before, was I? His whole mandible was candid. You're like, oh, this is not good. But he was having the surgery, the oral surgeon figured it out, all good. The second one, she, um, I was aligning the teeth actually for the periodontist, just to set up for a veneer case. He's a perioprof. And she was taking the brackets off the, the maxillary arch, all good. I was just getting that one cuspid up about a millimeter so I could get really good cuspid guidance. And she came in and she said, what happened? And her mandible was head shifted again. Now, the challenge with her, her husband was in law school. And both the periodontist and I are going, ooh, this could not be pretty. But the good news is, he graduated and moved away. We're all good. So, never heard from her again. But we had the case really well documented, but I didn't have CT scans. Because back then, we weren't doing routine CT scans. So, now, if I suspect problems, I have them get a CT scan. I get the oral surgeon to say, it's fine, it's old damage, we're good, you can move the teeth, you're not going to hurt anything. 
So this was her occlusion. Look at this. That's the pulp. So the teeth have canted so much with time. Look at the, the palatal recession and the arch form. And these, these centrals just kept coming back and back. No restorations, Harley, except second molar. But when, let me go back a sec. Uh, sorry. So when I look at the pan, now this is not, doesn't tell you everything. Uh, okay, sorry, I'm trying to get the. You kind of look and see the bone level, but you can see the condyle is shorter than the coronoid process there too. But at least I see a little bit of space, which is good. And again, it's a two-dimensional picture of a three-dimensional object. It just kind of gives you an overview. But start look, if you're not looking at condyles on your panorexes carefully, start looking at them because it does give you a good indication. And I also had her promise that if something happened and she started getting pain, we'd send her to the oral surgeon and we'd figure out how to pay for it. These cases, though, took about two to two and a half years. Three sets of aligners. Um, they were long. Because again, and why I didn't think about putting my own, you know, cutting the aligners, putting buttons and elastics on it, you know, I didn't. But and somebody else came up with it, which is really wonderful. So this was her refinement. So the nice thing about all these ClinChecks, you have proof that things are happening. You know, so she made an incredible um, improvement. But it still wasn't good enough. I'm kind of crazy about trying to get cuspids to touch, so I had a good occlusion on the left. On the right, I just wanted to get that a little bit better. So this is the third one, still intruding over everything. Boom. Got some nice occlusion. So this is at the last, before the last refinement. And pretty, I mean, what I always still think is amazing is this is exact, the ClinCheck is exactly what you see in the mouth. It's open over here. So this is interesting. She came in for her recare. It was one of my cases I knew that I was probably going to present, but I just kind of forgot about getting the post-ops. So she came in for hygiene, and she told the hygienist, I hope Dr. War will take my picture today. I got all dressed up. I did my makeup. I did my hair. And so she was, like, so excited to get her picture taken. And when you see, I mean, it's, it's such a great improvement, and it just for her, it meant a whole lot of difference. She has a severely handicapped kid, so to be able to do something for herself, she was really excited about it. So this is Irma. Irma was referred to me by one of the deans of the dental school, and she came in, she said, I want it straight teeth. I'm like, okay. And taking a medical history, it turns out she's a chronic head, headache patient, migraine. She's on Emetrex and they kind of rotate different medications. She's been with a neurologist since she was about 16. She's very functioning, she's a lawyer, she's got a great job, but I, her joints were a mess, and she had with the headaches and muscle pain. Where I started with her was a splint, and we probably worked with her with a splint for almost a year, because I will not touch anybody orthodontically until I can get them comfortable with their occlusion. And it may be their occlusion on plastic with a splint, but if I can't get them comfortable with, on plastic, I'm not going to go moving her, her teeth because I will, you know, it's opening a can of worms. So she wants straight teeth. She has headaches. She definitely has arch with discrepancy. And you will see 
and I'll show you the scans. This right side is way out of whack. She has no conjugate head on the right side. So the whole arch just, just shifted. This picture was taken after I did splint therapy and I actually built up her bicuspids on both sides because one of my goals of splint therapy is can I make their occlusion the same with the splint and without the splint? And most of the time it's either equilibration and if I have to equilibrate too much then I move the teeth. So of course my preference always is moving the teeth because I love to move teeth. And it works so well and it's so predictable and I hate my goal, other goal in life is how much enamel can I save? Even though I'm trained as a restorative dentist, how much can I save? And it's amazing how much you can save. So this is her initial glint check. And she did go to the oral surgeon. She got scans. He said it was okay. But look at her right condyle. It doesn't exist. So, but this is a really typical thing you see. She had very low decay until she cracked a tooth, she got a crown, she needed endo. She cracked a tooth, she got a crown, she needed endo. So when I was talking about restoring some of her teeth, she's like, I'm not doing any more crowns. Every time I do a crown, I need endo. But what came first? You know, it was the occlusion. So this is right side. Now the left side looks better than it is, but when you look at the rendition of the CT scan, it just has to do with the angle that you take the film. But what you see, which is what you want to see, see how this nice bone all around here? So the surgeon says that's just old damage. If you look in here and you see lots of little cysts, it's a very weak conjure head, and that's when they break. So I'm kind of going the opposite way and showing you all this scary stuff to hope just to get you to look at it. I mean, not a lot of people are work, walking around with this, but they are out there. So I want you to make sure you look at the condyles before you start moving the teeth. And this is how Irma ended up. So I was pretty pleased. A little frustrated with this cuspid not touching. Had I had buttons and elastics, that would have been in. And it probably would have cut the time down by a third. So I was able to change her restorative, do some restorative. And this tooth, what was interesting, this actually is, she ended up needing an endo and a crown during treatment, the crown, not during treatment, she needed endo. She came in, she said, I've got a toothache. And so, granted, this has taken like two and a half years to get these teeth down. Didn't really worry too much about decay. She hadn't had decay in forever. Take a film, it's bombed out. I'm like, okay, I remember what happened. I said, has your diet changed? Are you doing anything different? No, 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 I'm not doing anything. I said, well, something's happening that you're getting decay. And she said, oh! I said, what? She said, well, I went through a really stressful time and I started sucking on lollipops. I'm like, Irma, really? I'm like, all day long? She's like, yeah. And she looks like a librarian. Everything's prim and proper. You cannot imagine this woman with a stick out of her mouth and, and being at work. I said, you walked around work with a lollipop hanging out of your mouth? She said, no. I shut my door. So she bombed out her tooth by sucking on lollipops. But also, just to caution you about your patience and sugar, Especially if you do Invisalign team, watch out for Gatorade. You know, they, it's, just, it's like a retainer with sugar. So I learned my lesson on her. But it was just like, no, I shut my door. So it was, it was interesting. So on joint patients, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty crazy about occlusion. I'll put them in a splint and a wraparound holly because I just want tooth contact against my splint 
at night to make sure everything's stable. And it's just, it's what I've always done. So on, if I'm not worried about the joints, I use Bavira. So she went from there. She got her straight teeth. Now the cool thing about her is like, and I, as I was presenting this, I know in my pile there is this letter, but I haven't taken the time to look for this letter in my pile, but she sent me a letter. And it was thanking me and saying, you know, my neurologist released me. I no longer take medication. I no longer have headaches. And actually, she taped one of the Emetrex up on the top of it. She said, I don't need this anymore. You can have it. And then the cool thing about that also, when I told her, because obviously when you're someone with someone for two and a half years doing this, she got to know about the things I did. She wrote me a check for serving him, which is the mission we went to Romania, and we were teaching these young dentists. I did a fundraiser to help pay for the young dentists to come take the, actually, it's not even come take the course, so they could stay where we were giving it in Brela. And she wrote a check to help support that. So it was like, wait, really cool. So this is Beth. Now, Beth is young. So you don't see a lot of wear. You don't see a lot of destruction. But look at this face. She's a really sweet girl, but she was in pretty much constant pain. Again, we had her in appliance. We put her in appliance for a long time. She had seen a TMJ specialist in um, D.C. that did this cranial sacral stuff, but she was pretty, if she didn't have her appliance, she was pretty miserable. So again, put her in splint therapy, got her comfortable, sent her down. I thought she'd have oral, um, orthopedic surgery. Sent her down the oral surgeon. Um, she said, no, I can't afford it. I don't want to have surgery. What else can we do? So she was one of the first cases we did. Um, so this is her inertia. But look how beautiful those teeth are. So she, she's had joint surgery for a while, I mean joint problems for a while because she didn't get a chance to, to bash up her teeth. And this is her panorex. But look, there's not a whole lot of space there between her conger head and that. But you can see bone. And I do have a scan on her and the oral surgeon said, yes, you're good, you're good to go for the ortho. And someone asked me earlier this morning, do you send everybody for scans? No. I mean, the majority, I'm showing you like my worst cases so you can get an idea of what the possibilities are. I only send someone for a scan if I put them through splint therapy and I can't get them comfortable. And I can't figure out what's going on. Yeah. How do you handle the clients on the scan chart? No, no, the, they pay the, I just tell them it's going to be 450, they go down to, and have that done. And there's oral surgeon. That's separate from me. So here she, I mean, pretty much, you're expanding, because what happens with time when only the molars touch, everything starts caving in even more so than normal. And this is her post-op. So not perfect, but pretty darn good. And she's really comfortable. And again, her, her retention is the lower splint and an upper holly. And it's a wraparound holly, and I have the lab put these little wires for stability, because even though you tell them don't pull it out by the anterior segment, they always pull it out by the anterior segment, so the wire can get really cockeyed. So if I, well, I found once I did that, there was much more stability in, in the holly. Okay, so what came first? The chicken or the egg? Okay, so how does she swallow if her condyles are broken down, and her mandibles retruded, how, does she, how can she swallow without putting her tongue there? So that's always the thing. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I have found very... Pardon me? 
Yeah, and the early, but I find if you close the bites, it goes away. So, I mean, I, and there's myofunctional therapists and all that stuff. And again, all I can tell you is my own experience. I just don't have too much stuff opening up. I had one patient, oh gosh, a long time ago, and it was before I was doing Invisalign, and she had anterior open bite, and how I tested it was, and that's a good way to test it. So back on Irma, so I wanted to give her more anterior contact. I couldn't get her anterior teeth to touch, but I built the, the bicuspids up in composite, and they stayed like that. This other patient, about 15 years ago, I built the bicuspids up in composite. It opened back up. So that's your test. If you throw some plastic in there and the tongue is, is depressing it, it'll open back up. And so it's not the norm to open, but that's a good way to test it. They are. The pal yeah. It, it's, I could do, have done more. I mean, two and a half years is getting pretty, even for me. You know, it's like she gets kind of tired of it too. But it, the buckle torque on those teeth, you know, I would have had more buckle torque in the process. So it, expanding it, I got it to touch, but then the, it flared out. So I'll be interested to see in a few years if it ends up coming back down with relapse. Because I want tooth contact on my appliance. If you want to equilibrate all your Vivera, I just don't think I can get as stable occlusion as that. Now, it's only because these are scary cases, and I want control over it. Vivera is my go-to now for most cases. Um, even if they have, I've always had a splint, I've always had a splint, I'm finding they love the Vivera, and it works really well. Like, I didn't like the first kind of a lot, you know, retainers, but I really like these, and that's worked out great. Um, so... <gasps> Unilateral, you're dead meat. I've been trying to close one down for two and a half years and I can't figure out how to do it. And that's a tongue position. I think they're just resting their tongue there. And I just got a new kid and she's got a unilateral open bite in the posterior and I'm like, oh, I think I... Helped a little. My wonder is... And this, this one guy had a unilateral open bite after orthodontic surgery, and my friend sent it up and said, fix it, and I'm like, so I'm still having trouble. So my wonder is to, to put tads on the lingual on both arches and have them wear rubber bands there to help keep the tongue out. That's been my latest creative thought. Um, I don't have any proof to show that would, but it's the tongue, you know, it, and so I don't know how to, and then I have one young guy that is, was best friends with my son, and right from when his permanent incisors came in, he had a posterior open bite bilateral. And I did everything but the, put the kitchen sink in there. I'm not kidding. I did ortho twice. I did Invisalign. I thought, oh, I'll intrude the anterior teeth, get the posterior to touch. Nope. Sent him to the oral surgeon. He's, like, he's an engineer. He's like, at this point, he's like, I'm not having orthodontic surgery. But there was nothing I could do to close down that posterior open bite. So it just had to be tongue. So there are the occasional cases, but that's not the norm. So... So this is Audrey. This is the one I'm very excited about because she just happened to come in like six months before I'm presenting this and I'm like, oh, this is like so cool. I can show this. So Audrey came. Again, she didn't like her anterior open bite. She was referred by a panky dentist from Houston and she was working, she works in D.C. and is a lawyer. And she said, you know, I'm finding my, this is changing. I want to go back to, when I had ortho, it wasn't so, it was never always closed, but, you know, it's looking worse. So economics was not an issue. Sent her down the oral surgeon, 
And I thought he'd do orthodontic surgery, and he said, hey, why don't you try Wilkodonics? I'm like, cool. He said, and so we had some conversation. One of my challenges with, like I said, with my periodontist, he just didn't, didn't trust Invisalign, that it would really work. And so we, besides people not hating the, the liners and wanting to have something else done, he just really didn't feel comfortable with that the Invisalign would work. So this time I, I said, well, what do you think? He said, okay, I'll try it. And the oral surgeon said, do Wilco, send the periodontist. And in our conversation, he said, you know, though, I change the aligners every two days. I'm like, what? Really? Every two days? He said, really? Every two days? And this is an oral surgeon doing ortho. But he's, he's a very unusual oral surgeon. He made, he's, he's in our study club. He made the most beautiful provisional. And it was like he showed up half the general dentist there. He just is multi-talented. So we decided to do Wilkodonics on the upper arch, traditional ortho on the lower. So the lower arch is in pretty good shape. So again, hard to chew, past ortho, wants to improve aesthetics. She had muscle pain. She had no joint pain. So I didn't put her in a splint. I just knew her muscle pain occasionally was because she couldn't touch her front teeth. And one of the ways I explain this to patients is it's like a tricycle. So a tricycle has a front wheel, which is your front teeth, has two back wheels, and as long as everything's touching, you move along. When your front teeth don't touch, it's like doing wheelies on your tricycle and trying to keep the stability back there all the time makes your muscles sore, unless you have joint problems, and that makes it more complicated. So this was her ClinCheck initially. Can you see the, it's just pretty much the same thing, widening the arch, intruding the posterior, um, and it works. Now, I do equilibrate sometimes on the way. So it's not, I mean, all my cases, I equilibrate when they're done. Um, I'm just a believer you can get them really close, but if their old alignment was with their old dentistry, when you straighten them up, you've got to get the teeth, reshape the teeth and make them fit better. So I, I'm a firm believer in equilibration. I find my equilibrations are so much easier post-ortho. You know, I do protrusive, lyo-excursive. I touch some of the posteriors. Everything locks in. It's pretty good. Now, granted, I've been equilibrating for a long time, but... So I asked the full mouth series from her dentist, and this is what I got. So this reminds me to remind you, please get panorexis. Please see what the condyles are doing so you don't get in trouble. And no dentistry except, look, an endo and a crown. So she's young enough that that's going to be her history if we don't do something, is my belief. Even the fixed wire didn't keep everything straight. These are arches. So this is, this is, okay, so they correct me in the morning. You're going to see surgery, and I'm going to show you it's the lower arch. It's just surgery. It's not her mouth, but it's, it was a great movie on the, that shows everything he does for the surgery. So we did not do surgery on the lower arch. He did surgery on the upper arch. So, and it's also... You know, the first patients I sent him, everybody needed connective tissue grafts. I was kind of like hoarding all these, these patients. And so they got their grafts, plus they got um, the Wilco, and we moved their teeth. But again, the perforations, it's a quarter round burr. It's not real deep. Put the connective tissue grafts on. Adds the bone. He does everything under a microscope. It's really cool. He's an amazing surgeon. Uh, 
That's plasma-rich protein. He uses that routinely. So pretty much our routine is he does the surgery and then within a week they start the aligner therapy. Those are sutures and puts plasma-rich protein on top and then you're going to see a week out. That's his healing. It's amazing. And it's, believe it or not, it's not painful. He puts them on steroids. Um, patients come in. Again, I'm just showing a case with how good the tissue looks. With traditional ortho, I had to see the patient every two weeks because you have to keep the tension on the teeth. And I would change the elastics every two weeks. So they either loved me or they hated me by the end of the, the treatment. But it really did move faster. So this is the cool thing. So this is March 27th, upper right, when we started, April, May, June. So that would have taken me a year, a year and a half with traditional ortho. So she like cannot wait to get those attachments off. And she went away out of the country. And so she's coming in next week and I'm taking those attachments off and finishing up the liner. One of the things, the mistakes I made because when I originally did this, I didn't realize that I was going to change the aligners every two weeks. It was only in conversation. I should have overexpanded, overtreated the upper arch on the first set of aligners. Um, so there was still some posterior intrusion to be done. I did a refinement, and we went, we moved on from there. So this was her initial. Boom. This was her refinement, still more expansion. So I so would have expanded more on the initial one. And I ever expanded on that. So when she comes in next week, I'll have more pictures. So when you do the low dynamics, when you did the line, and you said it's gone every two weeks with traditional ortho, do you call from by the awareness of 24 hours? Yep, 24 hours change them every two days. I mean, every, yeah, every two days. Every two days, each one. Yep, the, so, on the, so I had to rebag everything because we didn't do Wilco on the lower. So the lower, it's one aligner to seven aligners on the top. And I saw her initially, I was seeing her every two weeks just because I, it made me nervous. You know, again, conceptually in my mind, I knew this was going to work, but I wanted to be able to see her and track it and make sure it was okay. So she was really good about driving up in D.C. It's about an hour and 15 minute drive to get this, this done. Because she kept thinking every time I would take off her, her buttons. And I'm like, no, I didn't say that. So I will take them off this next time. So again, with Vera retainers, I use them. I mean, I, I, my, people came up last time and said, what's my routine? It depends. Um, what I have them do, I think they last six months. Of course, the line wants you to do it every three months. But at six months or even three months, I tell them to put the next set in. If they feel exactly like the set they have in, go three more months and then try it. And I have some people that switch them out every three months because they want clean aligners, you know, clean retainers, and they just, then we reorder them. But pretty much I think six months is my average for it. And I don't have too long a track record because I haven't been out that long. But people love them. They work really well. It's gone great. So the takeaways from this. What I want you to learn, how to treat anterior open bites, start with the easy ones. And just take a Panorex and make sure, if they're not, if they're small, Usually the consoles are fine. It's a habitual thing. By expanding the arches, intruding the posterior, they close down really nicely. And especially with buttons and elastics, start those right from the beginning. They're really nice. They work well. What I want you to feel 
I want you to get excited about it because what, what chances do we have in the past to close the anterior open bites? Not a whole lot. Most people just said forget about it and we fix the teeth as they break. What I want you to do is start with an easy case. Start, you know, start with stuff you know you're going to have success at. And I showed the really severe cases a little bit to scare you, but mostly just to make sure it's a whole body system. It's not just teeth. So we have condyles, we have muscles, you got to look into all of that. And know there are options for people that don't want orthodontic surgery. So this is my own family. And so how, like I said, I owe a lot to Panky for making us understand what all the value was, not just for our dental practice, but our home life. And we have three children, a son-in-law, and we went to Spain, and I was a little nervous because my son-in-law had never been to Europe and how it was going to work, us living in small apartments and all that stuff. But second to the last day, Devin says, okay, where are we going next? Yes, knock on, this is good. So it's, uh, I'm very blessed to have this family and uh, have the husband who puts up with me going to Vegas. He didn't come this time. So again, some, you know, we work with beautiful things. And these are the teeth. And it's just... You know, think outside the box, think about the possibilities, and try it, because it's really great. Thank you very much. I'll answer any questions. If, you can come on up if you have any questions.